0: Olivia Thompson is the executive director of Jewish Braille International. JBI was originally founded in 1931 as the Jewish Braille Institute. And that link, of course, will be in our show notes. Olivia Thompson, you are a consultant as well as former executive director of Central Synagogue in New York City. You are a trusted colleague of mine. Throughout my tenure here at Plaza Jewish Community Chapel. So let's talk about the work of JBI.
1: JBI, in its basic form, is all about accessibility. We are looking to make materials of Jewish interest, secular and liturgical, available to individuals who are blind, have low vision, or any kind of print disability, such as individuals with dyslexia. We do that by literally through volunteers, recording books that are not otherwise recorded, creating books in Braille, and creating large print books. And we've been doing it for decades. I will say that we started with volunteers through sisterhoods who learned to type on a Braille typewriter, not even a computer, of course, and who also recorded first on reel-to-reel tapes, and now we do it on a digital cassette. The material is free to patrons who qualify. And we're also now starting to work with organizations so that they can provide accessible material to the individuals with whom they work.
0: How does it work for a JBI patron? How do you access these things?
1: We serve individuals throughout all of the states and 40 other countries. They can either call our librarians, and by the way, over and over again, those librarians are referred to as wonderful. And so it's a very personalized service, or you can go online and access our catalogs and do it in a more automated process. One of our big goals this year is to become much more automated so that it can be an easy electronic download. But let's say you have asked for a book and that book is something in our catalog. We will then mail you a cassette that you can only read on a device that's made available to you free if you qualify from the Library of Congress. Our liturgical materials, we don't have the same restrictions. We send them. To anyone who asks for them. And those are in large print and in Braille, as well as our calendars and our Haggadahs, which are in large print and Braille and in large print in multiple languages with regard to the Haggadahs. We're just trying to make sure that anyone who wants to have that level of accessibility to not be isolated from the community and their families can be so.
0: Well, I'm really happy to say that here at the chapel, and you know this. Of course, our business cards are in Braille, but we have other documents that are in Braille as well. While we don't have that many people that walk in our doors who are reading Braille, the reality is we want the community to know that we are sensitive, that we welcome all, and that we know that there are challenges out there and we need to be sensitive whenever possible. Tell me about some of the challenges that JBI is facing as it grows accessibility?
1: One challenge is a pretty simple one, which is the number of individuals who are going to be seeing impaired is going to double by 2050. And we are, you know, a small but mighty organization, and trying to figure out how to meet the ongoing demand is just a challenge of resource. We're committed to doing our best. Another challenge is staying current with technology and making sure that as our patrons' needs change, how many of us now use Libby or other devices to take books out of the library that we didn't even think about 10 years ago? And now we do as a matter of course. And that too is time-consuming and expensive, but we're committed to doing that as well. And then as the Jewish community and the members of that community continue to evolve, as what it means to be a Jew, what it means to think about yourself at all connected to the Jewish community or interested in the Jewish community shifts and evolves. We need to make sure our materials stay current and that we are actively responsive to new needs and that our patrons and potential patrons know they can come to us for what matters today, not just what mattered 20 years ago.
0: Sure. Well, the organization is also active in the realm of inclusion advocacy, correct? Yes. It's an important point that we will be discussing, especially because in February, we have Jewish Disability Awareness and Inclusion Month. What can the community do to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support those in the seeing impaired world?
1: One thing is that whether it is working with the Guild or Visions or Matan or a number of organizations that are really about helping a community think through what it means to be accessible, that is a first step because there are so many little pieces to that So that's sort of step one. Step two is that there is an arc of visual disability and a lot of people are not going to hold their hand up and say, I'm blind or even that I'm struggling with my vision. But if you provide material that they can easily access, Mm -hmm. they will use it. We are working hard with organizations, with synagogues and other institutions to say, let's just put those materials and make them available, don't wait to be asked.
0: Great point, because we have those materials here and materials for the hearing impaired, and we know that people are hesitant to ask for them. So that's a great thing. Tell me, what's the next big thing for JBI?
1: One thing we're really excited about, we are going to create a poetry series for not only our patrons, but for others. We will provide fully accessible materials before the conversations happen. We really want to broaden the ability of our patrons to engage in conversation with other individuals about books, about poetry, potentially about current affairs in a safe and inviting environment where they're not going to feel like they were left out because they couldn't access the materials before Mm. the conversation. Second, we are pushing hard to fully automate so that our patrons can take full advantage of digital downloadable materials. And lastly, We're really thinking about how we can help organizations across the country, focusing first in New York as a testing ground and then moving beyond that to make sure that all of our organizations that provide materials and programs and so much else that's so rich and so meaningful are doing it without leaving individuals who are vision impaired behind. And that's a pretty exciting new initiative for us. And we kind of feel that that need is going to be endless.
0: Thank you so much. I am most appreciative. And I know that our listeners will benefit greatly from this conversation. Thank you, Stephanie. As the host of Exit Strategy, I thank you for tuning in to what I hope was an informative and illuminating conversation about this end-of-life issue. I urge you to visit our show notes, and there's an email listed there, so if you have any questions, send them my way. In the meantime, please share this episode with anyone you know who may be interested, and subscribe to Exit Strategy. Wherever you listen to your podcasts each month, we'll renew our conversation with another topic, and I'm really happy you're along for the ride. I'm Stephanie Gary and this is Exit Strategy.